a little folding of the hands to rest and poverty will come on you like a thief and scarcity like an armed man this portion of scripture is just so deep and i don't even know the exact prayer topic but we pray in the whole scripture but we just like to peruse it a little bit there's there's so much in this scripture but let's see what god will permit us to learn so the writer of the passage is telling us that he went by the field of a lazy man the king james says slothful the nrv says a slugger he also described that person as someone without knowledge nrv said as somebody who doesn't have sense so there's a correlation between laziness and being void of understanding and since i want to be diplomatic i'll be going with the king james rendering he's saying that somebody who is slugger and somebody who is void of a certain understanding their life is very similar and he told us that when he passed by the field of somebody who is lazy and void of understanding he described three things he saw that thorns were everywhere the ground was covered with weeds and the stone wall was ruined and because we are not really perusing this topic as a series of it as a series i won't want to explain the three um faces of the farm that he saw but to summarize it it was an unpleasant or an undesired field it was not the outcome that anybody who owns a farm would want to have so it was a farm that had thorns and instead of cassava or mango or maize or pineapple to be growing on the farm it was water weeds so there were so many obstacles in the farm one two undesired crops or plants was growing on it and three the form of protection or boundary was also broken down and the writer is saying that when he saw what happened he was considering it he applied his heart to wisdom he was trying to figure out why is this farm in this state and it is one thing many of us don't do when we see people's life going in a particular way we are so quick to respond we are so quick to give our judgment we are so quick to either condemn or judge the person we are so quick to make conclusions for example one my spiritual instructor said that one lazy conclusion people see or people come to when they see a blessed man or when they see somebody who is prospering rather they say oh as for this man what has blessed him that's why he is there that's a lazy man's conclusion so if you see um lionel messi is who asked for lionel messi there god gave him football if god gave him football and he was not doing certain things do you think he will get to the place that he would have gotten to do you know the number of people that started their football career with the same talent if not better than lionel messi so he's saying that when he saw what was happening he applied himself to wisdom but some of us when we see so oh, as for this guy and in chief we say oh we get down it's because god has blessed him of course god has blessed him but god has not cursed you especially if you are a believer the bible says that for christ is the seed of adam and the blessings of abraham are ours in christ jesus let me not go ahead of myself and it says that when he saw the state of the farm of this slugger and a man void of understanding this was the conclusion he came to a little sleep a little slumber a little folding of the hands i love the bible he didn't say big sleep or a lot of sleep or a lot of slumbering and a lot of folding her. He said, a little, just small one. <laughs> and he's saying that so shall poverty and scarcity come upon him. And now let's look at this scripture. So we can replace the farm with somebody's life. So now as we pray, I wanted to use the phrase, 
life instead of the farm. So you can go by, I pass by the life of a lazy and a man void of understanding. You see, I've come to this conclusion that when you see people at a particular age, and their lives can be described like the way the farm is described. One, a farm of thorns, complications, so many obstacles. Two, a farm of weeds. You are not having the desired results. For example, almost every young person you meet now will tell you that I'll be the next Bill Gates, I'll be the next Jeff Bezos, I'll be the next Bill Gates, um, Aligo Dangote, I'll be the next whoever. Everybody generally says that I'll be the next billionaire or I'll be a billionaire or a trillionaire. And wisdom should tell you that our parents said the same thing when they were growing up, most of them. All of them also said me to when I grew up, I would be rich. But ask yourself how many of them are as rich as they said they would be when they were young. And this is the thing that you must apply yourself to. So instead of the life of somebody who is lazy, and void of understanding one he has so many complications so many obstacles so many thorns so many source of pain in his life two he has an undesired output so instead of seeing maize he's rather seeing wheat and you know wheat is an unwanted plant and you know technically mango or coconut or cassava can be a wheat because if i am sowing maize and I see pineapple growing, the pineapple is unwanted because that's not what I sowed. So you are sowing or you want to be a rich person, let's say by age of 50 or age of 40 or age of 30, or you want to be a ballon d'or winner or you want to be an engineer or whatever you want to be. So when at a particular age you are not where you want to be, where you are can describe as the wheat state of life because you are sowing or you are so intending to reap mango, not for pineapple. And the last description is that the walls are ruined. The walls are ruined, meaning that there is no sense of security. There is no boundary. It's a careless and a loose person. A person who is open to all forms of attack. People's lives are literally like this. And the reason why people's lives are like this, the answer is not because they are cursed. I wish I could repeat this for you to get it inside. It's not because they are cursed. That is why their lives are like this. Because that is the, the easiest conclusion generally every African comes to. You see, I want to just again, I went to this spiritual instructor and it was like, as a pastor for so many years, he has realized that 99% of almost all the young ladies who came to him saying that as for them, they are spiritually married. So whenever they are in a relationship, after one year, after two years, their relationship ends up. He says most of them, is not because of spiritual marriage. Most of them, if not all of them, literally. So you know some of them said, oh, as for me, anything I try, it feels. As for me, I did this person, he cheats on me. I did this person, he dumps me. I did that person, dumps And the laziest conclusion you could ever come to is because it's a case. And that's generally how Africans, we describe things. Immediately, we try something, one or two or three, and it seems not to work. It's because there's a case. So either we are chasing after a prophet or we just give up and wallow in self-pity and shifting blame. But the Bible says that the reason why this man's life or this man's farm is in the way it is, is not because of a spiritual attack. It is not because of a curse. It is not because of his family background. It is not because of the country he was born into. It is not because of the educational level the person attained. But it is because the person was lazy and void of understanding. I really wish you could believe the word of God.
The reason why if your relationship life can be described like this farm, if your financial life can be described like this farm, if your health can be described like this farm, if your friendship with people can be described like this farm, if any aspect of your life can be described like this farm, I submit to you, you are not under a spiritual attack yet. Or you are, but the name of the spirit that's attacking you is a spirit called laziness. And the spirit called the lack of sense or void of understanding for me to sound diplomatic. And I really wish that you could believe God. So the opposite of this, if you want a farm that has no thorns, if you want a farm that is producing the crops you intend, if you want a farm that is well walled and has clear boundaries, you need understanding and you don't need to be lazy. What is laziness? Or what does it mean to be slothful? Or what does it mean to be a slugger? It simply means that somebody who is not willing to put in the corresponding effort for a particular result, he or she wants. So if you want, let's say, if I want a hockey, so let's say bodybuilding, if I want my, my body to look like Dwayne Johnson or The Rock, and I'm not putting the corresponding effort and the corresponding discipline that Dwayne Johnson puts in daily, and I'm still expecting to get the rock kind of result, I am simply a lazy person. That is one. And two, because of my laziness, I am void of understanding. Now, the reason why laziness and void of understanding goes hand in hand is because the understanding or the sense that you don't have is that you will get things just because you hope for them and you wish for them, not because you put in the corresponding effort for it. And that's what happened to many footballers, just because they thought they were talented, and especially in Africa and in Ghana. You see, Ghana prides itself, and because we're African season, <laughs> Ghana prides itself as the football royals of Africa. We call ourselves the Brazilians of Africa. We are just fooling ourselves. You see, we are a typical description our footballing sector is a typical description of what is described over here. We think that because we give ourselves slogans and names, because we have good media that we can talk, because we think all of us are football coaches, we are expected to get certain results when we don't put in the corresponding effort that other nations like Algeria are putting in or other nations like Brazil or Italy or Germany are putting in. So a country like England, Generally, they know themselves that they are not talented footballers. They don't have the skill of the South Americans. But they are putting in systems where they can produce good players by default. So there are many people who are just dwelling on their talents, thinking that by the virtue of their talents, they would be able to produce a certain result. And that is why they lack understanding. They lack their understanding that nothing changes until things change. We lack the understanding that the only time your life will change is when you make the changes, not when you hope for the changes, not when you wish for the changes. The only time you become a prayerful Christian is when you apply yourself to prayer, not when you wish you were prayerful or not when you desire that you are prayerful. So you see, but you see, the unfortunate thing is this, because you are living in a world and John clearly tells us the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. If you don't apply yourself to anything, that is, if you are farm, you don't sow any seeds, 
weeds will grow on it. So we say that nature abhors a vacuum. So if you do not put something on your farm, the ideal thing is that nothing should grow. But because this world is under the influence of the devil, something would grow. But the, but the news is that what would grow would not be the desired result you have. That's why we always say that your inability to make a decision is a decision on its own. So you saying that I will not choose, maybe you want to go to tech or Lego after secondary school. You refusing to make a decision on whether you are going to tech or you are going to Legon in itself is a decision. But the sad thing is that that decision is always going to be a negative result because weeds will grow whether or not you plant any seed. And that is a classical example of what happened to Ghana after independence. We thought that just, you see, we, you see that is the lack of understanding a lazy person has. All along, we were thinking that our issue is the white man or our issue was the white man. So we thought that gaining independence in itself will guarantee us development and success. But after what, 60 years, we are clearly going around in circles without making any significant strides after independence. Because we are thinking just by gaining independence, automatically the country will go on the upward trajectory. But look at the state of Ghana and Africa. Things don't just happen until things are done. And the only thing that just happened are evil things. You see, one day I was at work and I was discussing with my colleagues that, and I think it was about the Ghana card. And I was asking myself that, how did we get here as a nation? Because frankly speaking, early 2000s, I was young, so maybe I may be wrong. I don't remember the country being so corrupt and everybody looking for the slightest opportunity to ransack money from the pockets of people. I don't remember how we got here. And you see, this is a classical example. If you are having a country and you don't put in any effective system for a desired outcome, things will grow by themselves. So I don't remember how we got here as a nation that a card or something that is supposed to be free people are coming up with so many dubious means and you just wonder how did we get here as a nation so in in ghana and africa anything you want to do which ideally should please cost you 100 ghana cities you end up spending at least 500 ghana cities just because you would have settled so many people and you ask yourself how did we get here as a nation it is because we did not make any deliberate effort to put in systems in our country. And we thought that just by existing, we would develop a good system. The systems we see in developed countries did not come by accident. It came by people making deliberate efforts and strives. It came by people making deliberate contributions. Nothing just happens. And I want to recommend this documentary to you. It's called The Men Who Built America. I'm looking for the, I think they're about, I've been able to watch like only two parts. I'm still looking for the third part. And you realize that this was what individuals in the nation did. And it's not surprising they are where they are. And even if you look about 20 years ago, when the Asian continent also realized this and they started, I remember those days, China or, or products made from Asia were synonymous to inferior goods. But now, whether you accept it or not, the Asian continent is taking over. When they started making cars, we were laughing at them. When they started making TVs, we were laughing at them. When they started making plants, we were laughing. But now, they are literally the superpowers of the world. Because several years ago, they sat down and they made deliberate efforts. I remember just 2020, 
I remember when we entered that year, I was having discussion with somebody. I was like, ah, do you remember that a time ago we had Vision 2020 in Ghana? <laughs> look how silly we look. I remember, I think I was, I don't know, GSS or something. They said that, oh, we are going to do Vision 2020, how Ghana will be like. And I remember they did a book or a pamphlet that, oh, by 2020, this is how Ghana will look like. Look at how silly we look. We think just by putting a committee and saying vain words, things would happen. We are past 2022 and nobody has even raised up that, that vision. It's although we never sat down, invested money, put together brains, developed brains to come up with a vision. Look at our educational sector. It is literally run by the Minister of Education. So whoever becomes minister, even if he becomes minister for one year, what he wants to do is what he will do. So we have never had any form of consistent educational system for even two or three years because it keeps changing per who is sitting there. And we are not even making any significant improvement. We are just going in circles. So if you look at our country, it's a classical description of the farm of a lazy and a man void of understanding. You know, just when Ghana played a certain match and um, review, and I, I was wondering why people were angry. And if you look at everybody's comments, people feel like just because we are Ghana, I remember the captain gave... Um, a press conference that we are Ghana, so we will qualify. Hey, since when becoming Ghana guarantees you qualification? And you see, it's funny, that's what we even do in our personal lives. You said we are Ghana, so we will qualify. Just because we are Ghana, it means you will qualify. <laughs> and it's not the same thing we do. We just make empty words in the name of faith confessions, thinking that by saying, that, oh, ask for me, I'll be a billionaire, just watch me. We think just by saying those words, heaven and earth would respond to us when we are not willing to put in the corresponding effort to get the desired results that we need. Look at nations like England. They have a system of developing football. So even though the footballers naturally are not talented, you cannot convince me that people like James Miller are talented footballers. People like Jordan Henderson are talented. You can't convince me. I remember one day I was watching um, an interview by, I think, Didier Drogba. And I, I don't know if it's true, but the story I had, that he told Jose Moreno that you see me as a very good footballer. But the truth of the matter is that I am not here because I am the best footballer. I am just here because I had the opportunity. Because if you go back to my country, Cote d'Ivoire, I am not even among the top 200 footballers in the country because people are talented. But unfortunately, they are living in a country that does not have any system to maximize this opportunity. And we think just by having the raw talent, we would have a desired output. So this guy is thinking that just because he has a land or just because he has a farm, he would have a good produce. That does not happen. And for you to think that, it means you are void of understanding. You will lack a certain knowledge. Nothing happens without the corresponding efforts. And especially when I was on campus as a Christian leader, the most common thing I've ever seen in my life is people will come and say, Oh, Papa, I want to be like you. I like the way you talk the Bible, you read the Bible, you call scripture, you do this. I just look at them. You know, initially, I was so moved <laughs> by such requests, but I was a novice. <laughs> 
ah, it didn't take me any long to realize these are just empty words. And unfortunately, these are just words of a slugger. They think that is by coming to me and saying, oh, Papa, and giving me raps would make them know what they want to do. And the same thing in our Christian life. I can tell you, more than 99.9% of all people, and I can give you that there are at least more than 10, if I'm not being, <laughs> being, being polite. And in fact, more than 20 people, all my years on campus, came to me with this story. And I can tell you, less than three of them are still maintaining the declaration they made with the corresponding efforts. That is why our New Year resolution ends by 20th January. We do not make any corresponding efforts for the desired results. Is it? I like the way the scripture uses the agreed center because just knowing a little bit about life, you know that one of the most unpredictable and high-risk ventures is in the agriculture sector, especially in Ghana. Because we depend 100% on the natural elements. We depend on rain. We have no irrigation system. We depend purely on nature. When we have our tomatoes, we don't apply any form of processing. We sell our tomatoes. We sell our cocoa. Just like that. And we think, just by doing that, we'll be wealthy. But we're not willing to apply. We are not willing to pay the price. And see, when I was watching the documentary on the man who built America, there was this particular guy, the oil industry. And when he makes his oil, he used to send them on a particular train, a train system. But him and the person who owned the train system, they had an issue, a grudge. So he wanted to collapse that train person's business. But all the other people, and he was in business with about three of, I think, three train, train owners. And all of them, he had issues with them. And he wanted to um, overthrow them. And this was a classical situation where he could simply give an excuse that it is not possible. I need the trains. Because that's the only way he could convey that amount of oil to all his customers. But because he was pushed to a situation where Charlie, he needed to come up with their own solution, that is when he developed the gas pipeline. So one day he went to um, his refinery or his lab and, and the chemist or the, the scientist who was in his lab, he asked him that, ah, when you make the oil let's say in the in the round button flats, the oil will um, not be accurate. They say the oil will rise through the funnel and it will collect in another container. And he asked himself that ah, can't we do a long pipe <laughs> from right from our, our refinery to all the parts of America? And when he told the scientists, the scientist was like, ah, what you are saying is literally outrageous. He said, Sure, you'll be there. And before he realized, he started constructing pipes. Look at how big America is. He started constructing pipes right from his refinery to all parts of America. So right now, when the gas or when the oil is made, it just passes through the pipes and it goes. So he doesn't need any form of transportation. This goes back to last week's prayer. We need this type of ideas because a lazy person would always give an excuse. Look at a country like Ghana, where literally any place you sow a seed in Ghana, you would get a harvest. Yet still, countries that are plagued with hurricanes, countries that snows, countries that do not have arable lands, they have so much food that they can even give us some. A country that where literally there is no portion, there is no land in Ghana, if you sow a seed, you won't get a harvest. 
Yet still, we are the ones who are suffering from scarcity of food and we import almost everything we eat. So you realize that your situation is not their problem. Your background is not your problem. Your problem is your laziness and your void of understanding. So if in places where they have no land they came up with hydroponics or water culture so now they will own basins and they'll pour water and they'll grow their lettuce their vegetables in water because they do not have land we have the land and yet still we are hungry it's not because we are in their case it's because we are lazy people that is why our government sector keeps crumbling because our government sector is full of people who think that because they got their job, that is what qualifies them for a salary. But literally, they go to work every single day and they do nothing. And yet still, when it's time for them to do the little job they're entitled to do, they want to collect bribe for it. I think that I'm going to And this is classically why our lives are the way they are. Honey, if you want to be a billionaire, you need to deal away with the spirit of laziness. And as I said at the beginning, that it is interesting that it was not plenty of sleep. The, the writer says a little sleep. It's a little. It is not, it's not as if the guy was sleeping the whole day. It was just small, some extra one hour sleep, extra 30 minutes sleep. And that's what one of my spiritual instructor calls the power of little things. Let me tell you, the difference between Sidney Ronaldo and all other players is a little training. The difference between Lionel Messi and all other players is a little training. It's always the little things that make the difference. For example, in your relationship, some of you, the only thing that will cure your relationship is a little thing, like making the effort to always call the person and be genuinely concerned about it. That is what will solve your problem. Some of you, it's a little thing. It's about the way you speak. That is why every relationship you are entering is as though it is full of thorns and quarreling and argument. And it's as though your life is cursed. It is not that it is cursed. It's a little thing like knowing how to speak well. It is little things that make the powerful differences we see in the world. A little thing like food processing. That is why it is said that, for example, the cocoa industry is about 6 billion. I think 3 billion. I'm not sure about my numbers. And a report was like, for example, if Ghana, we should sell all the cocoa we have now, it's about three billion. But the chocolate industry is about 600 billion. A little thing called food processing, a little thing called turning cocoa into chocolate is what will literally change three billion into about 600 billion little things. You know, I remember when I was young, I had a particular experience and it has registered in my brain. And when I was young, I was with a particular angle. He was well-to-do. And he invited a carpenter to come and do a bed for him. And when the carpenter did the bed, he was surprised that ah, the bed is really good. Like, it was quite simple, but Charlie, it was classic. And he called the carpenter that, ah, can you make two or more of those beds? So oh, why not? So he made two of those beds and he gave some to friends. And everybody was saying, Charlie, the beds are really good. Like the design of the bed is unique, it's strong, it's whatever, whatever. And at that time, he was building a hotel in his hometown. So he called the man, Charlie, I'm having a hotel about 100 rooms. I want to build beds for me in all those hotels. And to my uncle's greatest shock and to me, because I was there when he was talking to the carpenter, the carpenter turned down the offer. And we asked him why. He said, it is too much work. I said, Jesus. He said, eh, 
hundred beds. I need to go and hire more people. I need to do this. I need to do that. And we're like, hey. And this is really how we all are. We want the money, but we don't want the effort that will give us the money. You know, even for me, you see, that's one thing that will happen when you grow up. When you grow up, you realize that everything you want, you need to work for it. Well, when you are young, your harvest is when there's a family gathering. Because aunties will come, this auntie will give you 300 cities, this uncle will give you 200 cities, then Charlie, you socket yourself and buy a new phone or buy something. But when you grow up, you realize that Charlie, if you want money to buy TV, you need to work for it to buy TV. So remember, for example, me in particular, I used to do certain writings for people. And so let's say I want to buy something that will cost me 1,000 cities, and each writing I write, let's say I charge a 1,000 cities. I needed the thing so badly. But when the client called me that Charlie, do this for me, I was just feeling so lazy. I said, ah, Charlie, this work, eh, it stressed me. The guy gave me a very a tight deadline and I could finish it. Let's say I take like one week. But the guy gave me two weeks and I was just feeling so lazy. So I was about to reject the offer because I was currently working on one. Then this verse, then this scenario occurred to me about my uncle and my carpenter. And I realized that that is how Ghanaians are particularly. I know a very close carpenter. He's always complaining that he doesn't have money. His children, when you see their dress they wear, when you see his wife, their clothing they wear, and you're like, what is going on? And it's not as if this man doesn't get clients. Interestingly, I started monitoring, I started observing his life. Initially, I noticed that he used to sleep a lot in the afternoon. And I was always making excuse for him because Charlie, I said, ah, this is what happened today as well because you hit me with bang, bang, bang. Charlie, it was me, girl, when I walk to the junction and I come back, I'm so sweaty and tired. So I used to make excuses that to Charlie, the guy is really tired. But then it occurred to me that, oh, almost every time in the afternoon, he's asleep. But yet still, clients are calling him. Where is my work? Where is my work? You said you do this thing. And I realized that, oh, a little sleep, a little slumber, a little frozen lamp. And that is why he's in the situation he finds himself in. So almost every time when his children are going to school or when school resumes, he needs to call hometown. Um, give me a loan. I'll pay back. And you wonder what is the problem. But he keeps getting offers. And the sad thing is that the ones he even does, he doesn't do it properly. So when clients come, they never go back. Little things, especially in Ghana. One thing that robs Ghanaian businesses, two things I've noticed that one, terrible customer care. And when I mean by customer care, don't think big. Look at your area, the provision shops in your area. You can literally go to a provision shop just to go and buy maybe mosquito coil or to go and buy cowbell or whatever. And these people can be so engrossed on watching a telenovela on TV that they will literally ignore you. I say, ah, you can be standing there and when they even attend to you, it's like they are angry at you. That, ah, can't you see you are watching a movie? You are coming to disturb us. And I can look at them. And I will say, hey, it's because you are the closest to my house. That is why I come to you. A friend was telling me, a friend works in a multinational company. He was telling me that when a client comes, they hardly lose any clients. Because when you are even coming to do inquiry, uh, a Chinese company, they literally take you to a five-star hotel. They serve you with any food of your choice and they show you their products. Oh, we can do this for you. We can do... Is that by the time they finish taking you through their products and their prices, you would feel very bad not to give them the contracts. He said the first time that he was his national service when he went there. He said, ah, he was there and his boss called him and I go to see a client. They met a client at a very posh hotel. They ordered food for their clients. They gave the clients everything. So, oh, we have this office. We do it like this. And it was like, the way they pampered the clients, you cannot say you won't give them your contracts. But how many Ghanaian companies do this? That is why Ghanaian businesses do not last. The second little thing I noticed about Ghanaian businesses, our lack of documentation. 
especially in our food industry, we do not have recipes. And you see, it's a little thing, and many of us will not appreciate it. But let me tell you, this is why, for example, our watchy businesses do not go forward. Because today you buy watchy, that this is totally different from tomorrow's taste. I remember one time, there was a particular watchy at my junction I bought, it, and that particular day was really good. So a friend was coming to visit me. <laughs> I'm sure she will listen to it. <laughs> and I was hyping the watch that, oh, this watch is very good. Hey, so I bought plenty. And I bought one for myself. I bought one for her. When I started eating it, I said, what a wow. The taste has changed like a chameleon. There is no consistency in what we do. That is why the KFC we eat in Tamale is the same KFC you eat when you come to Accra. The same KFC you eat when you go to Kumasi is because they have a standard procedure. They have a recipe that two tablespoons of salt always go with five gallons of oil. It's standard, so there's consistency. That is why even though the founder has died so many years ago, the brand is still there and the taste, the quality does not change. But I can assure you, I'm yet to find any food joint in Ghana that has lasted beyond 30 or 50 years. We can't even open branches. So if a particular food joint is in a particular corner, it will stay there till the founder dies and the business will collapse. How can businesses go because of a little thing? So as you sell food, you don't have a recipe. You don't have a particular brand of rice you always stick to. You don't have a particular salt, a particular oil. So there's no consistency in your food. So if a client comes on a day your food is not nice, he will totally blacklist your food joint as a bad joint. And these are what we call a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands. It's just the little things that's poor big things. So Jesus said that a mustard seed is little, but when it grows, it becomes a tree that harbors birds and all sorts of insects. It is little things that we underestimate. Little things because of our laziness, because of our lack of understanding. So God has given us the ideas. Frankly speaking, almost everybody here at one point in time has got a business idea. Ask yourself what happened to the idea. It's because when you look at the quantum of work that you need to do, another time. And that is why we are where we are. As I said earlier, people have come to me. You see, that's why at now I'm not moved. When people come and give me all sorts of cock and boo stories. Because, as I said, if there are about 20 people, about 17 of them, they never lasted beyond one year. In fact, their fathers went for one year. Most after three or four months or five months, at most six months, they all vanish. And I have to be calling them, oh, where are you? Oh, won't you come here? <laughs> we desire the results, but we want to sleep. We want to fold our arms, a little resting. And what you don't realize is that poverty and scarcity you see, whenever I'm with my colleagues, I always listen to them because I'm one of the youngest at work. And I have I made this conclusion that if you see somebody at a particular age and the person is not rich, or the person is not self-sufficient financially, it's because the person's old choices. I've come to because everybody, at least once in your life, God puts you in a strategic position where you have a big opportunity that can change your life. I work with a man who was literally the personal assistant of our Speaker of Parliament for about eight years or so. He was his personal assistant and he was his um, photographer. And I asked myself, how did you find yourself here? How can you be the personal assistant and the photographer of the third 
dead person in Ghana. And few years down the line, look at your life. That when your wife is even sick, you can't even afford to board a taxi and take your wife to the hospital. And when I saw this thing, like the writer of Proverbs, I applied my hands to wisdom. And whenever I'm talking to people, I listen. It's not because God did not bless them. Frankly speaking, you have no excuse not to be what you have said you would want to be. If you say you want to be a billionaire or a trillionaire, your family background is never an excuse. Even if you don't go to school, it's never an excuse. Because if people who are living in countries where there is no land to grow any crop, yet still they have more food to send to we in Africa. If you are living in a land where literally there is no natural resource, look at Dubai, what do they have? How dare them become the center of tourism in the world? How dare they? But look at us. God has given us waterfalls. God has given us wildlife. God has given us fantastic land. And we are literally scratching the stone for survival. I want to challenge you that the idea that we prayed for last week is going to take hard work. It's going to take understanding. Pay the price for your vision. Pay the price for the idea. Work yourself out for the idea. No sleep, no slumbering, no folding of the hands. I was talking to a friend about um, a, a man of God who is saying actually the all night he has been doing, he wants to reduce the time. Because this man literally did what 72 days of prayer and fasting also at his church. And for each day of 72 days, this man was the one leading the prayers and the administration for 72 days. Then I remember the statement a spiritual instructor said that the anointing is not made for lazy people. Trust me. Is not made for lazy people. And that's what makes the difference. I look at some I say, hey, you finish preaching here, you go and preach here, you go and preach here, preparing a sermon alone. Do you know the effort it takes in preparing a sermon? But look at them today, they're in South Africa, tomorrow they're preaching, tomorrow they're... I'm like, what time do they get to do all this preparation? The anointing is not made for lazy people. Look at Jesus. He prayed the whole night. The following morning, he wakes up, he still prayed. He's still going on missions. And you are just there. One book, you are taking the whole year to just read a single book. And you want the anointing. <laughs> oh, mercy. We won't pray to God. The spirit that is worrying us, it is not the spirit from our hometown. You have dealt with the others. It's the spirit of laziness. Look at your relationship. Look at the energy you started with. Look at the zeal you started with. Now it's so difficult for you to pick your phone and talk to the person for even 45 minutes. It looks close to impossible to you. Look at your health. Look at your finances. You are literally always calling somebody for loan, borrowing money. Trust me, it is not because of your family background. It's not because of the course you read in the university. It is not because of any of all these things than just your laziness. Period. Life is in seasons, of course, but at a particular stage in life, if you are still where you used to be, or if you are still in a particular level, please, it's just laziness. Look at Ghana. Look at our football. We just want to spend some time in prayer. Lord, we bind every spirit of laziness. No more a little sleep. No more a little slumber. No more a little folding of the arms. Whilst you are using one week to do a particular project, maybe you are a photographer. Whilst you are using one week to edit pictures, somebody is using two or three days to edit the same amount of pictures. That is why he keeps getting more contracts, more contracts, and he keeps delivering it excellently. But you want to be so laser-fair and edit the pictures at your own time. Look at you, fashion designer. When two or three contracts come, you don't find a way of delivering on time. 
you always have to be playing hide and seek. Look at you artists, you are faking a game that you do a particular painting, you do a particular drawing, yet still a little sleep, a little slumber. You want to pray to your father every spirit of slanker, every spirit of slothfulness, every spirit of laziness. Laziness is the difference between Europe and Africa. Laziness is the difference between Asia and Africa. Laziness is the difference. And laziness on the part of the leaders, and laziness on the part of the citizens, and laziness in our life. The reason why your life is where it is, even though you are a desired outcome, it's because of laziness. Father, we pray for grace to break every spirit of laziness in our lives. May we pay the price. May we pay the price. May we pay the price in the name of our Lord. May we pay the price for whatever dream, whatever vision, whatever idea you have given to us. May we pay the price in the name of our Lord Jesus. Every spirit of slacker, every spirit of a little sleep, a little slumber, a little fold of arms, we will pay the price in the name of our Lord Jesus. We will not abort this idea you have given to us. We will not abort this vision you have given to us. We will not abort these ideas you have downloaded to us. In the name of our Lord Jesus, we pray for grace. Father, whenever we are tempted to sleep a little, to slumber a little, to fold our arms a little, may you poke us by the side. May you pick us, Lord. In the name of our Lord Jesus, may you not abort this vision. In the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. Remember this passage of scripture, Proverbs 24, verse 30. Whenever you start giving excuses, they are being lazy. Because if Dubai can become a developed nation, if people who never went to school, who cannot even speak good English, are rich men in our country, I submit to you that you are going to school for four years, for six years, for eight years. You have no excuse to be where you are. Look at Cristiano Ronaldo. He had a vision of who he wanted to be and he paid the price. He's not there because he is blessed. No, he is there because he dealt with a little sin, a little slumber, a little fraud. Whatever idea God has given to you is going to take hard work. Thank you for being with us. This year, we are going full vein. No laziness. No laziness. And no laziness. And it takes hard work to give God your best. It takes hard work to make sure that you forgive, to make sure that you are kind, to make sure that you are patient, to make sure that you are gentle, to make sure you have a loving personality. It's hard work. And you'll be willing to, I pray that you'll be willing to pay the price to only man nothing but love. See, let's, as we look at the fourth prayer topic, that God wants us to pray consistently in the year 2022. Bye bye and see you next time.